0: launch and optimize web pages fast that means you can set ambitious marketing goals and your site can rise to that challenge learn why teams like dropbox ideo and orange theory all trust webflow to achieve their most ambitious goals today at webflow.com want to drive greater success in social commerce with deloitte's latest creator economy research you can after surveying over 500 creators and 500 brands Our insights are helping CMOs and marketing teams harness the power of content creators. And not only that, but how to do it well. See for yourself by visiting cmo.deloitte.com today. This episode of the CMO Podcast is part of our Leadership During Crisis series. For these short episodes, I am inviting back previous guests to see how they are leading during the pandemic, how they are addressing new challenges, how they are providing for their consumers, their employees, and the public during these unprecedented times. Today, my guest on this episode of Leadership During Crisis is Amanda Rassi. She is the Vice President of Marketing at the Kroger Company, which actually is the largest grocer in America. Their purpose is to feed the human spirit, to bring people fresh food, and their purpose in this time is more critical than ever. And Mandy will share with us How she and the company are rising up to meet the demands, the concerns, and the needs of people during this pandemic. Here is my conversation with Mandy Rassi. Mandy, welcome back to the CMO Podcast. It is so good to see you again. You are working from home, I imagine. Am I looking at you in your in your home in Cincinnati?
1: You are absolutely. I've been here. I think this is week ten now. (laughs)
0: Okay. So you're at home. You're the VP of marketing at Kroger. You're the mother of three kids. Do I remember that correctly from our Mm -hmm. last podcast? You're married. Your husband is also working from home, maybe? He is.
1: Yeah. Yep. He is.
0: So my first question out of the blocks is with all of that on your plate, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being outstanding, how are you doing?
1: I would say like an eight. We're, We're doing pretty well. I think we are in... You know, a few things that are fortunate, both my job and my husband's have just kept on rolling. Um, in fact, like at Kroger, we've been busier probably than ever. So we're fortunate in the case that employment has been solid. Um, and my kids are at kind of a sweet spot because they are the twins are eight and my older daughter is 12. So the homeschool thing they're relatively self-sufficient in what they need to get done. They're actually done with school now. Um, so we kind of don't have tiny ones at home anymore that need you hands-on all the time. But we also don't have teenagers who were really suffering from missing their friends. Like they all still like each other and they want to play and be together. So we've we've been okay.
0: Any new rituals as a family? I mean, board games, cooking... Uh, any, anything you've developed because you're together for three day, three meals a day and, <laughs> and everything else?
1: Uh, definitely cooking. I, you know, we were probably like a lot of families always on the go. So even dinner all together rarely happened, especially during the week. So it has been nice to have some routine of actually having dinner together and like finish up the work day. And 10 minutes later, I'm out like on a bike ride uh, with my eight-year-olds, you know, things like that, where it just feels like we have a lot more unstructured time together to just play outside and go for walks and hikes and, and bike rides that we just normally, again, like during the week, we just would not have been doing that on your typical Wednesday night, usually with all their activities and work and travel and everything. Yeah.
0: I interviewed you last November for the CMO podcast. And at that time, it was a very timely interview, actually. You were launching your new purpose and your new campaign for Kroger, working with DDB. You were going nationwide with that. And the idea was freshness for everyone, freshness for all. And this purpose of you can uniquely serve to bring fresh food because you're the largest grocer in the country to Mm -hmm. people. Now, here we are in a few months later, and you're an essential service. You are, um, your business is exploding. Your stock price is up. Your brand is probably stronger than ever in terms of how your consumers see you. So I, wow, that's a big difference. So I want you to reflect a bit for our listeners about what you have learned about marketing and brand building in a pandemic. What have you learned? How is it different from your normal job? What are you doing more of? What are you doing less of? What's working? what's not so in in a way, what's been your playbook, which we're all kind of writing together, right?
1: yeah, and I think we're writing it in a in series of weeks versus how we would have thought about our annual brand plan in the past, where certainly things would evolve over the course of the year, but I mean we had a plan from our launch last November for like 12 to 18 months of how is this new campaign Fresh for Everyone going to come to life? What are sort of the chapters of that story and how it's going to unfold. And we were about four months in. So we were just about to move from really our launch phase into what the next thing was going to be. Um, on April 1st we were supposed to break the next thing, um, which obviously did not happen. Um so I, I think we're learning a lot in terms of being okay that you might not know exactly what you're going to be doing in three months or in six months. As an organization, we have talked a lot in terms of scenario planning, um, especially as we're looking ahead, I would say fall onwards, where like, will there be a second wave? Will there not? How is this all going to play out Um, in terms of we can have a base plan of what we think is going to be important um, and, and make some bets and investments there, but then also be really keeping a finger on the pulse and thinking through when we need to change that um, and have some, like the way I've talked about it with my team is we need to think about having some playbooks in our pockets to pull from, um, knowing that it's there's probably not one right answer that's going to play out exactly as we think it will. Um, but yeah, we basically had to overnight turn off the entire marketing plan, uh, which I will say A couple things have been interesting um, because of where we were for Kroger. So one, um, our overall purpose to feed the human spirit has been enduring. And this has been, while really a challenging moment for us as individuals and as a country, um, it's really been uh, a positive experience in some ways for the folks at Kroger because we feel like through a really challenging time, we've been able to make a difference. And you feel almost a sense of control of like, okay, we are an essential business. And while there's so much that's out of our control, the one thing we can do is be there for our customers, be there for our associates, and make sure people can eat and have the essentials that they need when so many other things are uncertain. Uh, And so one big thing that I've seen and have learned is the way people have just shown up and brought all their passion and energy, even while we're having to rewrite the marketing plan overnight and then change it again four weeks later and probably two weeks after that, um, there has just been such a positivity about that, um, that has been really great to see. Um, also, if you think about Fresh for Everyone as our brand benefit um, and the sort of our campaign positioning actually never has that been more needed than it is right now. If you think about the impacts of this crisis um, on all of us now having to cook and eat all our meals at home, Um, I will say in my house, I feel like as soon as we finish one, then somebody is asking for a snack or asking me what's for dinner. Um, But then also just food insecurity has really um, skyrocketed. And actually where there had been some great progress we've made as a nation, um, to start to reduce, um, food insecurity. We saw in a matter of weeks, numbers that, um, we haven't seen really historically in a very, very long time. Um, and so in that way, it's like, wow, fresh for everyone makes even more sense. And we're really galvanized behind that. Um, but the way that that needs to show up is very different than what we would have imagined back in January. So we talk a lot about, um, how do we need to show up as helping people and being supportive? Um, you know, It's not about selling. And I will say, especially as a high-low retailer, there's a lot of selling. Um, there were whole portions of our marketing plan that basically got turned off. And we said, that's not what people need from us right now. What we need to be doing is talking about how we're going to make our stores safe and making e-commerce services available to people and thanking our associates for the work that they're doing. And talking about uh, we now have COVID testing sites. So it's it's really shifted to um, how do we show up in a way that is helpful and supportive um, at a time when so much is unknown. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to think if there's...
0: How are you spending your time things? differently, Mandy?
1: Oh gosh. Pre, Pre-COVID
0: um, to now, are you meeting more frequently with your multifunctional team or your team, or, you know, just how, how, how is your job different?
1: Um, way, way more frequent communication, which is one of the things I hope will stay. So if I look at communication with my team, but then also multifunctionally across, um, the company, we've gone from like three hour weekly leadership team meetings Or like I'd have an agency touch base, let's say every other week for an hour, hour and a half to lots of 30 minute touch bases every day Um, or just quick check ins on things, because especially in the first month or so of the crisis, so much was happening one day to the next, especially as things like um, what was going on in terms of what was closing and what was opening and what were safety regulations and things like that. Um, we just needed to connect with my leadership team, also with our corporate affairs team every single day on like, what's going on today? What do we need to tell people? What do we need to be getting behind? Um, So that piece has been really good where a lot of the formality of how decisions got made sort of went by the wayside and it's allowed us to feel more connected behind the fewer, more important things and to move significantly faster than we ever would have imagined before.
0: What do you think the lasting effects will be for you as a leader? You've talked about the speed of decision-making, much more communication with your teams. When, you, when we start to come out of this and Kroger gets back to a more normal way of life, whenever that will be, what do you think you'll do as the VP of marketing differently? How, how have you changed as a leader?
1: From a leadership point of view, a big lesson that probably conceptually I knew, but has really gotten amplified is the importance of very frequent, very clear communication. Um, So even with my marketing team, we've been meeting more frequently um, and we've done a lot of sensing in terms of, are you getting the information you need? How is this remote work thing working, not working? Uh, And one thing that I found was even just some feedback that if there's no update, like, can you just send us an email at the same time every week that we know is coming, even if it's just to say there's no update today? Um, Because I think... One, it's easy for things to get so dispersed where as leaders, we think everybody knows what's going on. But then as you get circles and circles out from where the decisions are made, um, even decisions related to like, are we going back to the office? Are we not going back to the office? Um, People don't always know what's going on. And so if they hear nothing, they assume they're missing something. Um, So one, one thing I will take forward is just really being on top of that frequent communication and making sure uh, we minimize the telephone game. I I think very often there's like this cascade of communication that we would assume was happening across the country um, and across the company, if you think of even more dispersed geographically. Um, And what this has shown is where there were sort of chinks in that communication chain, they immediately got amplified because you could see if like we're all running, communication goes out and one person is like not with us, it's like, ooh, okay. We need to think about how to fix that that node and have it flow. Um so I've been doing a lot more of just direct to the entire team. Um The remote work thing has also worked really, really well for us. Um, I I know that's probably true. I've heard that from a number of other businesses as well in terms of the productivity. Um, But even things like, I think I was on the road like 60, 70% of the time over the last year um, as we were working with our new agency in New York. Um, We're in the middle of an RFP right now where we would have been traveling for the last three months um, to see lots of different agencies. And we've done it all remotely and it has worked phenomenally well. Uh, So that piece, I think, I hope really sticks with us in terms like we don't all have to physically be in the same place to be able to collaborate. Because I think what I've also seen, while I will say this is the busiest I've ever seen my team in terms of the amount of, of work and how quickly the pace of change is, we've gotten so much feedback that actually people feel healthier. They're spending more time with their families. Um, even just dropping the time you have in a commute each day, um, that can be picked up and feel far more productive, I think is good for all of our mental health. Um, certainly amidst a crisis where there's plenty to be worried and stressed about, but I think in general, there's been the flip of that, which is, um, more downtime, um, and ability to connect with the people that you want to spend time with.
0: Do you think there's, that's the habit or practice you will carry forward coming out of this? Just more deliberate downtime, uh, more flexibility in how you work, obviously more frequent communication, or is there something else?
1: Um, No, I I think that's it. It's the frequency of communication. I also think the idea of um, there's so much we don't control in the world, so don't ever have the plan. It's a good reminder of why we do scenario planning and keeping that discipline there. Um, And while we may not have exactly seen this scenario, I think it's just a good reminder of keeping a pulse on what's out there and having flexibility to adjust. Um, So it's probably that. And then as well as. Um, for me personally, the like maybe we don't have to travel to do everything. like maybe that meeting doesn't need to be three hours long. It could be done much more quickly and efficiently, where I think this has forced us to question some of those norms that have been there forever, and maybe actually we're making a lot of us pretty unhealthy
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, because we're just running at this relentless pace all the time, um, you know, and not stopping to say, like, do I really need to be in New York for five days this week, or is there another way we could get that done?
0: Yeah. You mentioned that you're you're running an RFP, which for our listeners is kind of a pitch, right? Yeah. A a request for proposal. And a lot of our listeners do pitches or they're on the receiving end of pitches. And those are usually very intense. You know, you're in meetings, you get to know people. You've done this, and this is for your media business, I think, if you can say, Mm -hmm. you know, which is a pretty big account. And you've done this pitch. I don't know how many people were involved, but I'm sure a lot. You've done it all remote and you said it's been working well. What have what could others learn from that? Because there are that's this will probably be the first time many people try something like that remote.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the few things I've learned, we kicked off um, in terms of all the communication going out to the agencies um, for for this media work that um, we're looking for a partner for two weeks before everything really shut down. Um, so we, again, we had the plan. This is what we're going to go. We have travel booked, you know, various weeks, and kind of held in the calendar. And what we saw obviously was immediately, we need to do this differently. So we flipped them all to Zoom or Microsoft Teams meetings. Um, and we didn't know how it was going to work, but I will say what we learned was, um, It can work just as well. And in a way, I think all of us have been more present and like these are long meetings and it's series of long meetings, right, where you have multiple agencies, each of whom have a many hour presentation um, where you are full on looking at each other on the computer. Um, But what I think has been great is because of having that camera right there. Uh, people aren't multitasking. They're not texting on their phones. They're not checking their emails. It's like we are all all in on that conversation um, for whatever period of time it is. Um, And they have still felt interactive. Um, So it hasn't felt like it became a one way dialogue. I think people really showed up and participated in the spirit that we would want on both sides. So it doesn't feel like we've really traded anything off. I will say what it's also allowed us to do is debrief more quickly afterwards to keep things moving for us, but also for the agencies where, like, if I compare it to a prior pitch process we had done on the creative side last year, it relied on us traveling to a few different cities, then getting everybody back together and having a chat and and debriefing and then communicating back out because we've been able to do them almost like one after another. We're talking to agencies in three different cities. And then we all do a quick debrief. It's shortened all those loops, which has allowed us to actually move more quickly through the process and, and frankly, get feedback to these guys who have done a lot of work to prepare for this and brought really thoughtful presentations to us to not have those days of of sitting there waiting to hear something back.
0: Yeah, I've heard also that, you know, the way we're running meetings now, more... You're getting more input from more people. I mean, the introverts are included because I think we're more deliberate about bringing people into the conversation when we're on a Zoom or a Microsoft or a Google call. So I think it's just interesting about the diversity of opinions we're getting that maybe mm-hmm. in a room, the more outspoken people will rise up and the more introverted ones will not. I think mm-hmm. we're kind of making progress on that through yeah. how we're working.
1: Yeah, I agree. The one thing. Uh, we just got added in our Teams app, which is what we use, is you can raise your hand. And I had a meeting yesterday with my leadership team that is a fair mix of introverts and extroverts. And the hand raising, they also help because then I could see like, okay, this person has something to contribute, but they don't want to talk over the other person. So I'm trying to train myself to keep my eye on the corner of like, okay, which which are the hands that are going up? And it, it kind of stressed me out at first because I was trying to like balance everybody, but it has been helpful. Um, where I think some of those people would have just shut down or felt talked over. Uh, So yeah, it has been kind of interesting uh, to see how people have evolved through this.
0: We've all been there. You spend millions of dollars each year driving traffic to your company's website, and then the results come in and they're just not what you hoped. On top of that, 81% of marketing leaders say website ownership is a challenge. So what do you do? Well, you switch to Webflow let me tell you why. Webflow's visual-first platform empowers your team to own your company's most valuable dynamic marketing asset, your website. From launching a new site to optimizing for SEO and conversions, Webflow gives you the tools you need to drive business growth fast. Unlock your website's full potential when you build, manage, and host with Webflow. Get started today at webflow.com. Let's talk for a moment about your company, Kroger, and the many nameplates that Kroger is across the country. You're an essential service and you've really been rising up. Tell, talk to me about your brand purpose and how that's been amplified, how that's been helpful or not during mm-hmm. this economic and health crisis. So could you speak a bit about that? Because all of a sudden, you know, as you said earlier, you know, you've become... You've always been important in people's lives. You've become way more important in the last 10 weeks.
1: Um. Yeah, and, and we've had, I think we talked about this in November. Kroger has always been a very purpose-led company all the way back to our founding. So that's sort of in our DNA, but it's gone to a whole other level in terms of, um, I think, all of our associates really feeling it and seeing how their job contributes. So um, our purpose is to feed the human spirit. We have over 450,000 associates, right? So that's a lot of people really to feel and buy into a very lofty concept. Um, And I think while we have felt that all along and and we'll talk about being America's grocer and we're feeding people and now we're galvanized around this idea of of fresh for everyone, um, you really felt in a bigger way that purpose um, when it comes to food insecurity or security in a challenge. I mean, even while the toilet paper thing was crazy in the beginning, like the fact that we were continuously replenishing, like not fully in stock every day, but the supply chain is cranking through and we are getting people the things that they need. Um, and you, you start to see the role that you're playing in people's lives, whether you're the marketing person, Um, who's getting out maybe a message in social media about um, safety for our customers in the stores, or you're someone working in the store, or you're a truck driver working in the supply chain, where I think in the past, especially on some of those nodes to say, okay, well, I'm driving a truck, let's say transporting something from the distribution center to the store. Like, how am I feeding the human spirit? Now that link is so clear to everybody because of how essential um, we have felt our role to be, um, and, and really that of our frontline associates who have been the heroes throughout this whole thing. Um, so that that piece has been really inspirational. And while food is always front and center for us, the other um, pieces that I have found um, our purpose to come to life in, um, and really, I think Kroger is stepping up as a leader, which makes a lot of people feel very proud. Um, if you look at things like... Um, our COVID testing sites. So we've at this point run over 40,000 COVID tests. We have over 50 testing sites across our trade area in the US. Um, And that makes a real difference to people from a healthcare point of view. Um, If you look at the work we've done on Zero Hunger, Zero Waste where like right at the start of this, um, working with No Kid Hungry and Feeding America, donating $3 million um, in emergency hunger relief funds, Um, We actually surpassed um, having donated a billion meals um, that was just announced today. So um, I I think also for all of our associates to see the company doing things like that gives you a pride um, in something that you're playing a part in um, that has been really positive. Uh, And I, I hope all of that stays as well, that somehow I think we as people who work here and then hopefully our customers as well start to see some of the things where like we've had a Kroger Health business um, that's played an important role before, but now the story gets told um, in a much bigger way than it ever has. We've had our Zero Hunger, Zero Waste Foundation for a number of years, um, and it's become more important. And now more people know that that exists and that that's a part of who we are. Um, so in that way, it's um, it's been great to get more of these purpose-led stories out there, but in a way that's not telling the story for the sake of telling the story. It's like, we're telling the story of zero hunger, zero waste, because we want other people to come along and like round up your purchase when you do your pickup order. So we can all together end hunger. Like we want to talk about the COVID testing sites because we want people to come and be able to get tested. Um, So it's felt really authentic and organic to what's needed in this crisis, which has been nice.
0: Has there been a consumer trend, that's been unexpected to you of course people are doing more pickup and more e-commerce and essentials have been out of stock and you guys have done a great job on that but is there something that would be surprising to you in terms of what you're seeing in terms of consumption or or any other behavior changes that you think are interesting for our listeners
1: Um, a few things we've seen i mean i think there's a lot that is maybe not surprising in terms of essentials um wine business is booming. I think <laughs> like things not like not surprising. That. <laughs> not surprising. Um, a couple of things, I think the resurgence in from scratch cooking. So you will see all these things of like people looking for sourdough starters, um, all over social media right now, where it's sort of a rekindling of some of these things that had gone by the wayside. Um, like flour was one of the things that was harder to keep in stock as people were baking so much more. Um, I also think a return to local is a trend that we've seen, um, which is interesting with all of these banners. We have over 20 banners, um, which you touched on. But there's something now to being that local grocery store um, and the role that you can play in the community, but also when you're concerned about safety and kind of what's going on in this place or the other, I think there is something of this return to local and do I know the people there and do I know how this is all working? Um, and I think there's some data to show um, that, that the importance of that has almost swung back where for, I think, a long time, so much was moving in terms of scale um, and all the benefits that scale can give you in terms of lower prices and, and things like that, where it feels like um, it will be interesting to see what happens on, on the local piece and how that might come back as well.
0: Are there one or two really critical pieces of leadership advice you would offer our listeners coming through this? You've been at the forefront of a very large company operating differently during this time as we all are, but you've been at the center of everything. You know Anything that you would reaffirm as a leader of what's important, what's critical, what's worked for you over the last 10 to 12 weeks? Uh,
1: listening uh, and how critical listening is first to customers. So I will say one thing that I've started doing is twice a day we get a social listening report um, that looks across our assets and others, and I read it religiously in the morning and in the evening every day to keep a pulse on what's going on and what our customers talking about, worried about, interested in. Um, But then also listening to our associates, listening to other leaders um, as we're all trying to figure this out together. Um, And then the other one I would say is the pacing um and being really mindful of what really needs to get done now and what needs to get done but can go on a list to go later and then being mindful of even what's on that later list like i have my own list i don't even necessarily talk to my leadership team about everything that's on it right now um because i think it's easy to for all of us to see all the things that need to be done or might need to be done um but maybe they don't all need to be front of mind right now and having sort of that constant prioritization of what needs to happen today, most importantly, and who needs to know that. Um, and then, you know, what can maybe just wait a minute.
0: Mm -hmm. Mandy let's end on a personal thought, you know, from professional Mandy and personal Mandy, is there kind of a commitment you're making to yourself As as we come out of this someday, of something of what you will do differently or what you will commit to do more of, less. So, have you talked about listening a moment ago? But is there anything in your professional life and in your personal life that you're you're going to try to carry forward coming out of this?
1: The biggest thing that I have learned for myself is I can actually sit still, um, and I don't have to always be in motion and on to the next thing. Um, And I feel so much better as a result of that. So I hope to hang on to being able to find moments of just sitting and thinking or going for a walk with my dog or, you know, just finding more of those moments where I think it's easy to fall into the trap, at least for me, of there's a million things that need to get done at work, at home, the kids, all of it. Um, And it's easy to just be racing through that all the time. Um, with no mindfulness about it. And this has actually shown me like, it's okay if I don't have something to do for a few minutes of the day and like just sit and be. Uh, And so I hope I do hold on to that because I think it also makes me more productive when I'm working. It also makes me more present with my kids where um, to be totally candid, I think six months ago, even sometimes when I'm doing something with my kids. I have a running list in my mind of all the other things that need to get done. And it's so much quieter now, um, which has been really wonderful. So I hope to hang on to that.
0: That's a beautiful way to end it. Mandy, thank you for taking time in this really, really busy time in your life to share your thoughts. You've been very generous. And thank you and your colleagues. I mean, I live in Cincinnati. So do you. You're making a huge impact here and across the country. At a time when we really need it, so it, your your what your actions have been very inspiring, and your purpose is more important than ever. So, thanks to you and your team for what you're doing every day.
1: Oh, thank you very much. Uh, it is a great team. I, I will say that I am very very proud of the work our associates are doing.
0: That was my conversation with Mandy Rassi. What I loved about this is how she spoke so personally about how she is changing as a leader and how she's managing her team and her business throughout this crisis and how the habits and practices of more frequent communication, looking at scenarios, great flexibility will be the norm. There was a lot to learn in how she spoke about how she's leading during this crisis. That's it for this episode of our Leadership During Crisis series. We hope you enjoyed this follow-up episode and found value and insight into how these leaders and brands are operating during this pandemic. If you found this episode interesting or helpful, I would be so grateful if you shared it with your friends and if you gave the show a five star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Subscribe to the show and get notified every time we publish a new episode. The CMO Podcast is a Gallery Media Group original production.